Well, good morning, Crosswinds Church. Yeah, that's a little on the louder side. All right. Nope, nowhere to go. All right, so I'm just going to stand right here, and that's going to be how this is. But honestly, oh my gosh, it is so glad, so, so amazing to be back with you guys for, for multiple reasons. Uh, one, I feel like it's been the first time in about three, four months that I've seen you guys. <laughs> I've been a little busy preaching at other locations. Um, but two, because you just saw a small little snippet of the, t the eight days that we were able to spend in Burundi. And it was an amazing trip that really inspired not just myself, but I know the whole team. And I have just come back with this fire inside for, for the gospel and, and for everything. And I'm excited to share it with you guys. Um, but of course, we have to talk about what happened to bring that fire into existence in the first place. So I've entitled this sermon, Experience the Bible, because that is truly what happened on this trip. From Genesis to Revelation, I don't think there was a single book in the Bible that we did not experience firsthand. I mean, truly, I mean, you just look at this beautiful, majestic background, and you can't help but know that this is the world that God created. I mean, this was our view every single morning when we got up, and it is truly a testament to what God can do in this world. But I had a challenge, and that challenge was to find one part of the Bible that I felt like we truly lived on this trip. So go ahead, if you're with me, open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. Many of you have heard Pastor Ken quote this a number of times, and this verse is truly what we lived and without this verse, I don't think we would have opened the key to experiencing the Bible while we were down there. So, the verse says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. So, I mean, if we just look at just the first line here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It really is an amazing little verse because you don't know what it means to trust until you have nothing. And that's where this all started. The moment we landed in Burundi, we had nothing no bags. Not just ours, but 100 bags in total, completely gone. All of which, all 14 of ours, not there. Even though two of them had come from South Africa. So you thought maybe at least, you know, a couple would arrive. Nope, nothing. So what do you do? 
I mean, you just have to look at the word trust in the first place. We know the word, but in the biblical sense, it has a much different meaning. To us, it means, hey, I know you got my back. I know you are right there with me. But it comes from a position of standing. Because when I trust somebody, I know that they're going to do their job, but I'm also standing because I can keep an eye on them, and in case something goes wrong, I can get in there and I can help out a little bit. Trust in the Bible has a whole different meaning. When you look at what the original word is, it actually elicits imagery of having your face down on the ground as if you were completely surrendering. And that is how you actually end up trusting. When you completely surrender everything to the Lord and know that not only does he have your back, you don't even need to see what he is doing to know that it is going to be good. I mean, the first day when we did the VBS, we went in thinking, all right, we're going to split these kids up into groups. We're going to make it more manageable. We're going to have space to do all of this. And then we're told, no, you have to stay in the church. And there's benches all over that these kids can run into. And by the way, there's 600 kids in here. Oh, and we have to come up with an activity for 600 all at once? Sure, this, this works. You can only trust in God at that point. Because we really thought, you know, this trip is, this first day is just going to be games. There's not going to be a lesson. It's not going to be really a, a VBS so much as it's kind of just going to be a day camp for day one. And yet, even in that first game that we played with them, a Bible lesson popped up out of nowhere that we didn't think of until we're playing the game. And it's all of a sudden, God coming in and going, I've got you. I'm going to make this a VBS. You just have to trust me. And sure enough, it happened. For the women's conference, we thought again, hey, we're going to go in there. We're going to play some games with these ladies. And that's what we're going to do. We did not play a single game with those ladies on day one. <laughs> Instead, something magical happened. I'm sure you guys saw it in that video where every single lady was down on their knees praying because... God had given Rena a great message that day. And then Annika was able to sing a beautiful follow-up song, and these women were moved through the Holy Spirit to worship their Lord and Savior. I even felt it. I got down on my knees with them. I started praying. I had no idea, as somebody else started praying in the language of Kurundi, what was going on. But I prayed and I prayed and I had my eyes closed. I had no idea what's going on. And eventually I'm just like, God, I have nothing else to pray for. I wanted to, to get up when these ladies got up, but I'm just going to say amen and I know that, that you mean it. And the moment I thought that, the moment I said that to God, 
all of the ladies said amen and we all stood up together. That is trusting in God to know exactly when you're supposed to get up. There's, I mean, Rena even said it best. Nothing is still something. And when you have nothing, you get to trust God with all of your heart. And that is key number one to experiencing the Bible. Now, of course, we also had to trust God that our bags would actually come that day <laughs> because we still had no guarantee. Rwandair basically was just like, hey, um, you get maybe tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, how do you trust humanity when you've already been burned? Well, you don't. You trust God. And God delivered those bags. God provided all 14 bags to come on a bigger plane that had, according to uh, reports from those at the airport, very few people on it. So they were able, God was able to provide that plane through Rwandair to get our bags back. And it was great. The fourth day of VBS, we're sitting there. We're watching these meals coming in, and all of a sudden, the beans, they're not there anymore. We had enough to feed a 1,000 kids, and all of a sudden, we're short. Now, luckily, we went to the house that we were staying in, and there were some beans that was meant for us and the team, and we basically were just like, no, get them out to the kids because the kids deserve them more. So that's 800. And then on the final day, we walk in to a sea of children. Over 1,000 kids on that final day. You cannot imagine trusting God more than when you have to feed more children than when you ran out the day before. But that's the power that God has. He provides. He not only multiplied the food, he multiplied the mouths that he had to feed and made us trust in him. And then, of course, we have to trust that we're going to come back. Burundi is one of the few countries where you actually have to get a COVID test to get out of the country. And the American embassy basically will tell you, we can't do anything if you're positive. You just get stuck. There's no extradition. There's no nothing. So you have to trust in God that you're going to be all negative even when one of your team members is actively sick. That's scary. But that is trusting in God. So really... When you trust in God, you have to surrender. You have to. But it's a beautiful surrender. I know it's a little cliche, but it is truly Jesus. Take the wheel in that instance. Get your hands off. Do not try to guide God because God knows where you need to go. God knows better than you do. And if you just take that little step of faith, even though it may feel like a complete leap of faith, God will make it feel like a tiny baby step when you look back on it all. 
Now let's look at the next part of that proverb. Lean not on your own understanding. So what's our own understanding? Well, our own understanding comes from a couple of different things. It comes from our cultural influences. I mean, us in America, we know that certain things just kind of go. If, you know, let's say um, there's not enough people to hold an event, well, you cancel the event and you postpone it for the next day or the next week or the next year, whatever it might be. We know it from peer pressure. Our peers will constantly come up and be like, hey, you should do this, you should do this, you should do that. And honestly, there's also standard norms of things. Again, delaying and canceling events is a great example. How many times have you looked outside and been like, you know what? I know we have this outdoor event, but because of the weather, we're just going to cancel. Well, when you're on a mission trip, you don't have that option. <laughs> you don't get to lean on your own understanding of things. You lean on God's understanding of things. One of the most beautiful things that we got to see that's truly leaning on your own understanding is worship. We know worship. We, we feel that worship is getting up and singing right where you're at, and you have this great emotional connection with God. Or maybe you don't sing, and you let others have the emotional connection with God for you. Well, let me tell you, you saw it a little bit in those videos, the children and the women that got up and danced with all of their heart, all of their soul. Every fiber of their being was dedicated to worshiping the Lord their God. Man, that was a true, true connection. And that's where one part where we saw the Bible, where we experienced Psalm 150, which says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I mean, these women, these children, they could not stop themselves. There was no, you know, only these people are worshiping right now. When they started worshiping, these kids would run from the back of the church to get up front and start dancing because that's how much passion they had for the Lord. That is how much they wanted to worship God. It was nothing like what you see in America. It's nothing like what our understanding of that is. And of course, how do things work out? I mean, when you've got a language barrier, you have no idea how things are going to turn out. So you can only lean on the understanding of the Lord that everything's going to work out, that that translator is speaking the words that you spoke 
or as close to it as possible. That your translator is doing their job. You have to trust. And vice versa, when they're speaking in English to you, translating for somebody else, you have to lean on the understanding of God that they are being 100% truthful. And it's awesome, you guys. <laughs> it really is. It's one of the best things I've ever done working with a translator. I mean, even when I got a chance to do a sermon in Africa, I'm going to tell you what happens. When you trust in God with all of your heart, he can sometimes give you a verse to go preach right before you're supposed to preach. And when you're obedient, that sermon goes well. Now, what happens is when you lean on your own understanding and you turn away from that trust, it starts to go a little bit downhill and you rush and things don't go as well as maybe you had planned. And that happens. But it's a lesson on trusting and leaning not in your own understanding. It really is. And it's great, guys. I mean, when you do that, then you get to unlock the second half of this proverb. But first, before that, there is one other thing I want to touch on, and it's nourishment. One lesson that I really took away from being down there is when Rena was reading, reading John 4.34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. It was a lesson in spiritual nourishment but not only that, physical nourishment as well. You would think being down in the poorest country in the world, where there's very little food, very little water, etc., that you're going to be hungry and thirsty the whole time. And it's not true. There wasn't a single moment where I felt hungry. There wasn't a single moment where I felt thirsty because God was the nourishment that we were sustaining off of. And without that lesson, I don't know how else we would have experienced the Bible in its entirety. It's just those little things that you feel. So, the back half of this proverb where it says in all your ways acknowledge him well just look at this this beautiful landscape is where you acknowledge God first and foremost we can even do it outside of our own windows it may be hard in America with as much concrete and steel and stone that we have thrown down but even through it all, trees still rise, grass still grows, the hills are still there. And in Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, 
and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Well, here's the face of God staring right back at you every single day. And it's out there too. Even in the small, mundane things around us, we can acknowledge God in them. And not only can we, we should as well. Because God is there, whether you want him there or not. He is a great parent. I mean, teens. I'm sure you don't want your mom and dad around all day and all night, right? Well, God is that parent that's there all day and all night without you even realizing it sometimes. He's there when you're freaking out about that test that you have to write that you didn't study for, and all of a sudden you get calm and you just start writing. That is God easing your fears. When you are staring into the bright eyes of a child with merriment and wonder in there, there is God blessing that child. You know, sometimes it's even in the spur of the moment ideas that you get that God is there. For us, it was that very first day. Rena going, hey, somebody go grab four sticks. We're doing limbo. <laughs> and let me tell you, kids love limbo. And reverse lim limbo where you jump over the stick next. Hours of entertainment with a simple stick. Hours of entertainment that, honestly, sometimes we would take for granted. I mean, look at our kids today. A stick may be two seconds of entertainment sometimes, but for them, it was hours upon hours. We could have kept going. I'm not even joking. That would have been a whole day's worth of entertainment for them if they really wanted it to be. And sometimes you might think to yourself, but God doesn't talk to me, so how can I acknowledge him? Well, yes, he does. You just have to figure out how he's talking to you. With some people, he talks very loudly. He'll say, go read this piece of scripture, and not only am I going to give it to you once, I'm going to give it to you twice, I'm going to give it to you three times in a row, go read this piece of scripture because you need to learn something from it. Sometimes it happens in conversations. Somebody says something to you that, you needed to hear that day. Or, you know, like with my mom, actually. It just recently happened that she went to Hayward, Wisconsin. And the only thing that would get through on her phone is a phone call from my Uncle Jeff saying, hey, a job opened up in West Palm Beach. They're interested and I want to make, you know, do you have a resume? And of course, she's like, well, yeah, but I have no reception up here. I can't, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> How can I get this to you? So even when they went to town where there's better reception, 
can't get a phone call to her bosses, can't get a phone call to family, can't get a phone call to friends, but she can get through to my Uncle Jeff. She got that resume through to him. When I came back, or when they came back, they were visiting over at my place, and I just kind of jokingly said, hey, you know, if you ever do move, why don't you just go to West Palm Beach because I know there's a church down there that I really like, so if I came and visited you, I could still go to church. And she looked at me in complete and utter shock. I had no idea what happened that week. And yet I mentioned the exact town that a job opened up for her. If that is not God talking, I don't know what is. <laughs> and sometimes we even see it in signs of nature or in dreams that we have or in songs that we hear. If you're passing by and all of a sudden a song pops into your head that you've not heard of in years and you've not thought of in years, you haven't even listened to the genre of music in years, it might be God saying, go listen to the song, I have a message for you in there. God talks to us in different ways and he talks to each one of our hearts in a way that we can understand. Now the last line, and he will make straight your paths. Now this is especially important to remember when we're under spiritual attack. Burundi would not have happened it, on so many different levels after I heard the story from Andre. And he, he will tell it to you much better. But I'm going to try and give you the abridged version. If you want the full version, please go talk to him. But he wanted to go to Burundi, and COVID happened. Spiritual attack number one. All countries are closed down. What do you do? You can't even get to the country you want to go to. Then when you finally get there, there's frustration of what's going on around. Things aren't lining up properly. The devil is just making sure that none of this wants to happen. And doubt starts to creep in. But God will always make sure to bless things. And the three things that I remember Andre saying was that he said he would come back. But he didn't want the pastor to say, hey, I'm going to come back. It's like, let's keep that under wraps. So what happens? The pastor says it within like five minutes to the whole congregation. Hey, Andre's coming back. And then it starts to rain. Fun thing about Africa is when visitors are there and it starts to rain, they think it's a great sign, a sign of blessing. And yet, a third sign comes in in the form of a text with the word showers in it, <laughs> there's no way that you can't get there. And it, then you see all the spiritual attacks again when we finally arrive with our team. What happens? Zero bags. Even at the airport before we wanted to leave, it was looking a little rough. I remember watching Andre standing over at the, the checkout line and all of us are going, um... Is everything okay because he's been standing there for a while and they swiped his credit card like ages ago and we're not quite sure what's going to happen now? Is this trip over before it even started? The devil will attack 
everything that he doesn't want to happen. But the Lord makes straight our path. And Andre and Rena said something that I never expected to come out of their mouth, that this was the best mission trip they've been on in their 30 years of ministry. That's huge to say considering how many mission trips they've been on. You see, many of us might think, well, my problem is too small for God. No, no problem is too small. If God can create the world around us, if he can shape matter into whatever he wants, how can he not help you with your test? How can he not help you with your promotion? How can he not help you with any anxiety that you may be feeling? That is the power of our God. He can help in any little small thing that we have. Now, if you want to experience the entire Bible, I'm going to challenge every single person in here today to go on a mission trip. I'm not even joking. Families, that vacation that you were saving up for, throw it towards a mission trip. I promise you, it will be so much better than the vacation that you thought would be great. I came back spiritually charged, spiritually changed. I thought we were going to teach the people of Burundi things. Well, guess what? I was taught more about the Bible in my eight days there than I have ever learned in the two and a half years or two years I've been a Christian now. Eight days was truly life transforming. The Spirit will fill you. You will see God. You will see Christ. Everything will be there. And trust me, there's always Florida. Florida can wait. It's going to be there. Hawaii will continue to be there. Even cruises have survived through COVID, so they're going to be there. But if we don't start going on mission trips, if we don't start participating in them, those might not be there. And that's a scary thing to think about, that these things are what could disappear because they're so much better than vacations. I would gladly never go on another vacation and go on a mission trip if that's what it took. I challenge everyone here to at least go on one in your life, just one. Experience it. See what it's about. I'd like to call the band back up here, and we're going to pray. Lord, thank you for everything that you have shown throughout your time with us on the mission trip to Burundi. And Lord, thank you for your word, that you can see it in our everyday life. Thank you that we can experience it no matter how small it may be. Lord, I pray that somebody in this room, somebody who's watching online, will take the next step, will be inspired to go on a mission trip for you, Lord.
Lord, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the love that you share with us. I thank you for the love that you show to us every single day. Lord, I thank you for your provision, that you are a God who provides. Even when we think that you are not providing, that you actually have a greater plan for us, that you want us to step out in a leap of faith, a step of faith. Through you, Lord, we know that you will provide. We know that you are a God of love. Lord, please be with us as we pray. Please be with us as we sing this final song, Lord. Lord, we thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for what you have done for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.